Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Gav. And I'm Sean. We're back again. Back again. Can't stay away. Episode 62. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on a roll, three weeks in a row, something to talk about again. Yeah. More real fencing. Yeah, exactly. Proper fencing this week. Mm. Yeah, well, you know. So let's let's get our thanks in, as uh, as we always do at the start of these things. So thanks to our lovely sponsors, Liam Paul. Thank you. Uh, these guys are absolutely awesome. If you're even thinking about uh, the prospect of getting back into doing some some proper fencing again, uh, go and buy some kit from Liam Paul. It's great. Uh, thanks also to our Patreon supporters, as we've established, as lovely as Liam Paul, and that's uh, a pretty much the biggest compliment you can get as a group of human beings. So thank you to to you all for sending uh, you a virtual hug. Oh, it's a COVID safe hug, right? Yeah. Lots of plastic <laughs> and stuff involved. It's the best sort of hug at the moment. So Gav, it's uh it's uh, the Gavin Enemy show this week because we've got uh, an AP World Cup coming from sunny Kazan in Russia. Yes, indeed. And as we say it went uh, on for days and days and a few more days after that. Yes, and I have to admit I didn't watch all the days. It, that's just too much. I have a life. I mean, I know Epi is my life, but I have a life outside of Epi. I do have a small child to look after. You kind of have to feed them. You know, right? That's, that's one Noted. of those things. Yeah. So, top okay. tip for everybody out there: if you have a small child, you must feed them. Is that um, where I've gone wrong? <laughs> I thought you kept them in a cupboard. That's what I did with mine. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. That's what my mum did as well with me. So yeah, quite right too. Explains right a lot. <laughs> it does. It does really. All right, okay, well, I might go and let him out of the cupboard after this. But uh, in the meantime, Gav, tell us, tell all. Well, we had, when, when did we start? It felt like Kazan went on for about three weeks. It was last Friday, wasn't it? From the time of recording. I, I can barely was it remember. Thursday? Now, but I yes, no, it was, it was Friday. It was Friday. So, yeah. And then we had the, we had the, then we had the, the individual finals on Saturday. Is that right? No, that was Sunday. No, it was Sunday. Was Sunday. Yeah. And then, and then we had, then the team started on the Monday. And mm. they went on forever, and they've kind of just finished uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, fencing on a Tuesday, like Kate noted last time, is very strange. I'm not sure that I, I can put up with this for the for the long haul, I think. I think <laughs> I like the fact that my, 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 my tournaments start on a particular day and they finish at the end of a weekend, because then I actually have time to watch them for a start. It's a bit weird that you have to sort of tell your boss that you're working on a big project, but what you're really doing is kicking back and watching some epic. <laughs> yeah, I did a bit of that as well. Oh, actually, my boss yeah. didn't um, Tuesday so- <laughs> afternoon wasn't my most productive afternoon at work ever. No, no. I, I was still managing to do some work, but then I work in IT. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's just knows no what work. You do, so I think what, what we'll do is we'll, 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 we'll kick off with the, uh, the women's individual. Um, obviously, it's a rather large event, um, and lots and lots of things were, were actually happening there. And it was, as we kind of expected, a bit of a carve up all the way through it. Yeah, to be, I mean, to be fair, epic competitions are pandemonium for high seeds getting knocked out pretty early anyway. But I think probably even more so than than usual. With yeah, this. I mean, there's a bit. There was a bit of that with the saber in uh, in Budapest, but um, yeah, and I mean, like this is one of the things that I, I actually genuinely like about epi is the fact that you do get some churn in it. I mean, I think that uh, in the right away weapons, it's because it's more predictable, that's good in some ways. You know, you do get your top seeds through more often, but I quite like the sort of unpredictability of Epi, which I think I've said before anyway. Hmm. So anyway, um, shall we Shall we just, shall we just have our, our usual, shall we just run through some of the, uh, 
the, the people, the, some of the early leavers. Uh, so out in the 64 was uh, Popescu and uh, Navaria as well and Lin of uh, China as well. Our current European champion, uh, Vitalis, uh, Zhu of China and Bezbez of uh, Tunisia. So I think that's a prop. I think that classifies as a as a proper carve up. What do you think? Yeah, well, half a dozen. Yeah, almost half the top top sixteen out straight away first yeah. first round of matches. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then and then when we get to the thirty two, we, we lose Lehis, Kandasami, Hurley, uh, and Kirpu, <laughs> and and in the next sort of tranche of uh, people by the wayside, uh, and then who's left? <laughs> uh, well, out of that, we've got well out out in the sixteen, uh, Molhausen, current world champion. Um, one of our favourites, Kravitska, uh, yeah. Jurecka of uh, of Poland. Oh, and Ozola as well. Uh, Ozola and Shin as well go out in the in the sixteen. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a proper. It's been a proper kind of like uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A, a pyrrhic victory, shall we say, for everybody who's made it through into the last eight. So with all these people that have been knocked out, we go down to the last eight, and there must only be about three people left. That's right. That right. You know. So, and <laughs> Yeah, um, our first matchup is uh, is is Kuhn of uh, of Hungary against uh, Molterer of Germany. Um, so again, it's a kind of like it's an unusual matchup straight away in the last eight. That's that's, that's quite an unusual coupling there. Our second, uh, sorry, Molterer uh, won in that one, fifteen uh, fourteen. Um, our second, uh, our second last eight was uh, Belyaeva of Estonia against Choi. Straightforward one for Choi in that one. Uh, she won fifteen eight. Our third is uh, Soon of China up against uh, Lute of France. Interesting one, this one, and I'm sure we're going to come back to this one. Um, a comfortable victory for Lute, 15-8. And our first, and the last matchup is all Korean. Uh, it's uh, Kang versus Song, and Kang comfortably uh, won that one, 15-9. So we're sort of heading into our, our semi-finals, and our first matchup is uh, Malter versus uh, versus Choi. Um, this is quite a good match. I mean, we were we were sitting watching this one online and talking about it on you know on kind of like what were we calling it? it was a Zoom fencing social, wasn't it? Is that what we were calling it? Uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. We've got a, a proper title for it, but yeah, it's something that uh, David Baker, who runs the fencing qualification for Tokyo twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one page on Facebook, and Kareem uh, Bashir is. Uh, Co-host on their on their podcast about Olympic qualification, have set up with uh, varying numbers of bodies coming along to yeah. have a bit of chat, and uh, you can listen in on uh, on Facebook or join the Zoom meeting if you want to stick in some questions or add, add your own comments. Um, I've been involved in I've been involved in all of them actually. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> Kate and I were were doing the the saber teams on mm-hmm. on Sunday last week and. Uh, yeah, you and I had a had a run out in the, uh, whenever it was uh, somewhere in the middle of the yeah the it was the just Kazan a blur. marathon yeah it was yes, just a blur. Uh, it was all Sunday was Sunday it was yeah yeah um, yeah so Troy Troy the good one it's a good good performance from uh, Troy she managed uh, Malta really well and uh, came out comfortably fifty nine I don't remember Malta really having much of a, a go in this one I think uh, I think Troy can safely say that Troy won that one. The, the other yeah, semi final is well in control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other the other semi final was quite good. Uh, we had Kang of Korea obviously up against Luti of France. Uh, Luti's uh, how old is Luti? She's quite young, isn't she? She's early twenties. Twenty two, I think. Yeah. We decided in the end. Yeah, uh, young certainly. And certainly, she was a new a new name to me, but apparently that's slightly down to the fact of not being paying attention enough. But yeah. She's, uh, 
I think um, I've, I've heard yeah, the name kind before. of an emerging emerging star coming out with you know relatively recently coming out of juniors and exactly because I think that's how I've I've heard her name before is amongst the juniors. Other than that, I couldn't okay. see very much about her at all. And obviously, the expectation here is it's Lutie's. It's the first major semi final she'll have reached, and the, the expectation is that the like a very experienced Kang would basically would dominate that one. What uh, didn't quite go that way. Um, Lutie had a really strong game. She'd obviously done a lot of prep work on on what Kang was likely to do. And basically, it was, it was can ever actually go in the lead? I can't remember now. I don't think she did. Luti, no, Luti was in control so. all the way uh, through Luti, it. Yeah, she was. She was on the case right from the start. Yeah, and, uh, she had a little wobble in the middle when uh, Kang got back to within maybe a couple of hits. But oh, that's how I remember it. Yeah, yeah, Luti all the way. Really, it was yeah um, impressive and stuff. I thought Kang's, Kang's Kang's fencing didn't look quite to par. Uh, if I remember right, so Luti was sort of picking her off on her counter attack as she was as Kang was coming into distance, and Kang really wasn't managing that very well. Anyway, it was a fairly straightforward forward win for Luti. It was uh, fifteen twelve for her, and that meant that it was Choi versus uh, Luti in the final. Uh, I was really looking forward to the final, but again, it turned out to be very straightforward. And I think this really comes down to experience. Troy was obviously paying attention in the in the wings while her teammate was going up against Luti, and it was uh, it was a very comfortable fifteen nine for her. And it was kind of like the reverse of what I've just said about Kang. Luti just did not seem able to manage Choi at all. And uh, Choi just sort of took it away and, and won. But it was, it was good fencing from what I saw, generally speaking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good set of matches. Um, none of them particularly close. No, no sort of real nail biters in there. But uh, yeah, some quality fencing and good fight management from, uh, well, Luti looked like she'd prepped well for her, her semi-final against Kang and mm-hmm. as you say Troy looked like she'd been paying attention while the other semi was going on and uh, made Luti look far less complete than she had done in her previous fight so yeah it was it was good stuff enjoyed it yep excellent uh, so we'll move on to, on to the men's now again it was like it was there was a lot of carnage going on here so uh, out in the 64 where do I start Bida Yamada Santarelli Minobi Lamar de Gascon Bardney the Kishin uh, Kurbanov and Zavrotniak oh and uh, Freelich okay. as well of Israel all out okay <laughs> so it's that seven that is actually almost genuinely half the top 16 isn't it going it is and... it is yeah it's <laughs> mayhem <laughs> I mean just I mean it's the same thing for the women's as well you kind of wonder how much fencing these guys actually have I mean these are all for want of a better word pros right they're all they're all in international they're all national programs They've probably got their own, you know, SNC program, you know, all this sort of stuff. But ex- exactly how much fencing have they been able to do over the past year? And I think it kind of shows in the way that this all shook out. Out in this, out in the, uh, sorry, out in the uh, the, the sixteen. We've oh, got one to thirty-two. Oh, sorry, did I? Sorry, did I forget about the thirty-two? <laughs> yep, sorry, apologies, apologies. Get ahead of myself there. Well, the, the main one out in the in the uh, in the thirty-two is Redley, who's who finished seventeenth. Um, Dan Geron there finished in the ninth. Matty Koch twentieth. Uh, um, Loyola oh, it's not a Belgian French I'm not actually familiar with he, he finished 18th so I mean there's some names there but I mean it's a bit more straightforward in, in that particular round uh, if we go into the last 16 who did Blues we lost Burrell Park uh, Kamini Yurka they all went out uh, all out in the uh, all out there in the 16 uh, which meant that um, our, our last eights are are, are kind of interesting um, so our first our first quarterfinal was uh, El Said of Egypt up against Bass for Wylan. Now, this is an interesting one. We know that uh, we're going to talk about this later, but for, for various reasons, there's quite a lot of interest in what was happening with the Egyptians. Bass wasn't able to, to defeat El Said, who, and it was 15-11 to him. Our second one is uh, Unterhauser, Germany, up against uh, Riesland of uh, Ukraine. Uh, Riesland actually edged this one out. It was uh, 8-7. Uh, 
Our third one is uh, world number one, Sekloji, um, up against Vjuranen. We've got that right, Finland. Um, and Sekloji was straightforward for him. It's 59. And our final uh, our final quarterfinal was Alamzanov of Kazakhstan against Kamata of Japan. That's not a Japanese fencer I'm familiar with. I have to say, and I haven't watched this bout, so I have no idea, but it, seemed, it sounds uh, sounds much closer with uh, with the Kazakh fencer taking it 15-13. So I, I did watch this. This is one where the Japanese fencer had done everything right most of the way through the match, was I think 13-10 up, and then totally rushed to try and get it finished. Ah, uh, oh, nightmare. Kind of, you know, diving and looking for the double as uh, Alim Zanov, uh, you know, having, having to push, running a bit short at the time. Oh, okay. And um, manages to uh, to steal a win, which he'd you know barely really looked like he deserved for the vast majority of the fight. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> got the win in the end. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Kamata will be be kicking himself as one that one that got away. Oh, that's a nightmare. I mean, as yeah, he's not a fencer I'm familiar with, and uh, I didn't watch the the match, so I don't really have anything to say about it. Um, so our first semi final was uh, El Said uh, up against Riesling. I think it's fair to say uh, from watching this one that. I think it went it went as predicted. Riesling completely dominating it and taking it fifteen seven. Uh, yeah, Elsey looked a bit, bit panicky in the whole thing. He didn't quite didn't get his tactics right. Some of the some of his execution when he was going for things wasn't great. Stood up a lot when he was in distance and mm. yeah, Riesling made it look pretty straightforward really. But uh, yeah, good good result for for Elsey. Very interesting what the what the Egyptians are up to. Uh, I'm sure, we'll talk about that a bit more when we. Uh, when we get to who's who's going to Tokyo at the end of the weekend and what mm. happened in the teams. Indeed. And then our second semi-final was uh, Sekoshi uh, up against the Kazakh uh, Almsanov. And uh, this is a good one, actually. It's a good semi-final. It's worth checking out. I mean, it finished with with the Hungarian taking at 15-14, but it was a real, uh, real real nip and tuck all the way through with good game gameplay from, uh, from the Kazakh fencer, if I remember right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was kind of the reverse of the, the quarter-final of it. Adam Zanov had had where with this one he he looked like he was almost there in the semi final against uh, against Seclusi not so much that the the Kazakhstan fencer threw it away but Seclusi came up with some good stuff at the finish too. He did have a bit of a comeback. That was so that, yeah one yeah, bit I saw. Uh, I think he was four, 14, 12 down. So yeah, it was right. a couple points down. That's right. Yeah, uh, but- really close to the finish, but yeah. It's interesting because talking to my to to my my guys about this one, one of the things that they they always say about about Sikosi is that he's so strong mentally, and I think this is kind of the one of the one of the ways that this shows he was down. It looked like it could be all over for him. He's the world number one against, you know, I'm not going to say an unknown but a virtual unknown in this Kazakh fencer, and uh, still manages to do the goods and and win on the day. And that gives us our, our, our final between uh, Riesland and Ukraine up against Sikosi. Now, going into this, I would have predicted that Sikosi was going to win this one, but really it didn't go that way at all. Igor had really done his homework on this, I think. It's another one where I think it was great game management from the Ukrainian, uh, a similar way that I was talking about the, the women's epi. He'd figured out the distance that Sikosi was going to go on, and was uh, basically setting a really great trap where he would sell sell the fact that he was static enough to be hit with something, and yet that was never going to pay off. And I think he hit Sikosi with something like eight hits in a row that were basically the same hit. Go in a distance, yeah. draw the attack, pyre a post, or or get a good counter attack, and it was it was very simple looking. Yeah, it's kind of letting Sikosi press. Yeah. Then 
stopping far enough away from the back line that he still had a bit of room for manoeuvre, Scalosi would see this and go, right, Time I'm go. going. Yeah. Uh, at that point, uh, Razin would step back and either hit with a counter-attack or, or hit with a parry repost. And uh, Scalosi's attacks looked, well, l- largely ineffective. He really, really scored with very few of them. And, That's uh, right. It's like... It's, it's so, like certainly when he was pressing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's one of those things, isn't it? Because you, you kind of... To me, it looked like Sokolzi had been programmed to go a particular distance and they'd fig- and the Ukrainian figured it out, basically. All I've mm. got to do is get trigger him in this particular distance and I've got him. And uh, it was all, for me, all about Riesland and the way that Riesland was controlling the game. It was, it, I mean, if you want to see how you, you deal with this kind of situation, this is a great fight to go watch. Even though the score seems a bit flattering to you know, it's 15-11. Uh, yeah, it was good. It's a good one, that one. So the so the, yeah. the individuals were good in my opinion. I, I quite it's funny them. that you say that that you know you would have thought Sokolzy would be a sort of heavy favour. Um, Rasslin was fourth in the world rankings going into the weekend, so he's become a kind of almost accidental superstar, and he's not. He's probably still not somebody that you really think of as being one of the really big names in the weapon, but uh, he's he's putting together the results and the, you know, another fine win here. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a fair point. I do think it's a fair point. I did know that it was that high up, uh, but I would still have put money on. I would still put money on Sokozy going into that one, basically. I mean, we, well, we, we don't, we don't, we don't really know. Well, yeah, playing favourites really, aren't we? But we don't really know again what fencing's been going on in all these countries. But I think it was interesting that the Ukrainians came through. Well, that particular, well reason came through quite so strongly there compared to some other fences that we know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, well. With, with the preparation, how much fencing people had, you're right. We don't we don't know for for certain what everyone's been up to. We're assuming that in a lot of cases it's not the not what we have usually, but uh, mm. everyone's going to react differently as well from having a having a year out from competition. So um, yeah, a lot of it's down to that and how you how you manage your. Uh, we still need to find a, a funky name for the the year when there was no international fencing. The Great Wasteland. Should we call it the COVID <laughs> the COVID break? It's called the COVID break. I'm going with that. It's short and funky okay. enough that we can we can use that. But I, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I, I quite like the Great Pause. Do you know what I mean? The Great the Pause. Great pause. <laughs> Come on, I, I can sell you this one in a marketing thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too biblical for my taste, Gav. But but yeah, so three days in, we got to the end of the individual competitions, and uh, only another couple to go, and we'll we'll see the back of the teams as well. So. Uh, <laughs> Play one, Gav. You're, uh, yep. you know, you're more than halfway there now. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll do the women's epi again. This time, women's epi team. It's only a week of women's epi teams. I mean, again, fencing on a Tuesday is just such a weird thing. It's kind of hard to know where to start. But we'll, we'll do, we'll do, you know, we'll do with the teams. We'll just, we'll just talk about the sort of the quarterfinals and, and go through it that way. Um, in the quarterfinals, bad news for for France. They're beat by China, forty two thirty eight. Korea defeated Italy, thirty six thirty one. Poland defeated Hungary 36-31 and uh, Russia edged out Estonia uh, 28-27 and again we're going to talk about some of these results later on because they're actually very very important in the grand scheme of things. So our, our first semi-final is China versus Korea. Pretty good uh, semi-final this one uh, right up to the sort of the last period is that right Sean? Yeah China went I think 5-1 up at the in the first the first leg held that lead or something close to it anyway for for most of the match until I think it was the second or th- maybe the third last leg, and 
career uh, get right back in it and eventually close it really relatively comfortably uh, in terms of the score at the yeah. end. So it was, a, yeah, it was a proper seesaw match and again really good uh, a good team performance. You know of how a, how an epi team match should be fought from the the Koreans getting back from a a, a poor start in the first leg but uh, putting in a thoroughly uh, solid set of matches to to claw that deficit back and. Uh, Take, take the lead at the right time and, yeah, yeah. and do a better job in there. Kang was good leg. in that last leg as well. Yeah, she was. was. Yeah. I mean, she'd had her wobbles earlier on in the match, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a proper experienced fencer doing what uh, proper experienced fencers are expected to do in the last leg. It was, mm. it was a, good, a good match. Meanwhile, over another semi final, it was, it was all Poland against Russia, with Poland winning. Uh, 34-24. So the Polish, the Polish team had been looking pretty strong, but that was a good performance from them. And that gave us quite a sort of tasty looking uh, final between the between the two teams because we've got Korea and Poland here. But I've got to say, I'm not sure what was going on with Korea in the final. Their tactics were all over the place and Poland completely dominated it. They didn't, I don't think they lost, they didn't lose, certainly didn't lose any legs, but I don't think they, any, they lost any less than two, sorry, won by any more than two points against Korea and it finished comfortably 45-24. I mean, Korea yeah, that's a, all that's over a, the place. Absolute thrashing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I must admit, I didn't watch this. Um, I think I may have actually had to do some work or something terrible at that <laughs> point. But, uh, well, I, I did watch this, and uh, Korea were just out of sorts. I don't know if they were just tired, maybe, or but the, the tactics that they were—they were very passive. The, the Polish team got got ahead, and then the Koreans were really passive, and there was no kind of get up and go about getting the points back. And yeah. they just didn't seem to be able to make any ground at all. There was like a late push from Choi. I can't remember which leg it was, but it really wasn't enough at all. I mean, they really didn't look up to scratch by that point. But I mean, they're only they're only finishing second, so you yeah, know. it's not it's not disastrous. But yeah, it's a it's a proper thrashing for a uh, an AP match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Good in Poland, though. Uh, as you say, they were they were showing some good form before the COVID break mm-hmm. or the Great Pause, if you prefer. <laughs> um, and yeah, they some really dominating wins there against uh, against Russia and Korea in the semi final and final. You know, big big margins and fine fine form from the from the polls. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch do any you, of this? Kit? Sorry, go on. Uh, no, I was going to say. Do you think the results are less surprising than the individuals? Because individuals, quite a lot of the top players were out early, but then in the teams, it seems that all of the top eight or so were actually where they you'd expect them to be. Uh, well, not really. Well, uh, not far off. I mean, France were were still a bit off, and I kind of maybe hoped for for better from them. Some other stuff in the in the men's teams looked a bit unexpected as well. Yeah, but well, yeah, I probably. I mean, I suppose with teams you've got a bit more time to to sort things out. Whereas if you know if you're if you're a, a top sixteen fencer in the individual and you come in on the well in the women's case the third day of competition, mm. having not actually fenced anyone in earnest for a year. That's that's going to produce some more surprise results, I would think. Whereas, I think so. by the time you get to the teams, everyone's kind of uh, reminding themselves what it's all about, and yeah. particularly when it gets to sort of serious stages against uh, stronger teams, you you've had a match or two that's a bit easier to to get back into the into the swing of things. So uh, probably not wildly. I mean, you know, some slight slight surprises perhaps, and it's not exactly the order you would you would have picked. It doesn't go straight off the world rankings, but you know, not not a million miles off, I would say. Um, so, so if we want to move over to men's epi team, so we'll start off again. We'll just do the same thing again. I mean, the first quarter final was uh, France versus China, and China absolutely moored the French team, forty-five twenty-six. 
Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. And I, I still I, I still wonder about the performance after after this uh, big COVID break that everyone's had. Anyway, China marching strongly forward. Uh, the second one is... I do get the impression, actually, just from social media, that France has had uh, more breaks even for the national squads than, than some countries, so their their training has been genuinely disrupted, I think, at times. Well, they, they, they train in Paris, and Paris has had some real problems with COVID. So it yeah. maybe shouldn't be quite so surprising that their form's a bit off right now, because... I mean, France, uh, Paris has had some pretty bad luck. I mean, I'm just going by my memories of the press, but uh, what what's been said is that it was particularly bad in Paris, and so there was like pretty hard lockdowns. You know, things would open up, and then suddenly yeah. be a massive lockdown. So it's maybe not so surprising that the French are a bit off at the moment. Yeah, but certainly that's a that's a heavy defeat, and 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 while the, the loss is not not totally surprising, a loss by that much is a shock, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Aubrey's probably rubbing his hands with glee over that one as well. But uh, <laughs> uh, on, on to the second quarter final. it's Ukraine versus Japan. Uh, I wish I'd watched this one. I should have gone back to watch this one, obviously. Japan being one of my favourite teams. And Ukraine won this one 29-25. Third one's another good matchup. It's Italy versus Korea, uh, with Italy taking that one pretty close at 44-40. And the final matchup is Russia versus Switzerland. And Russia edging this one out. 33-29. Now, I don't know if that's a surprise or not. I'm just thinking about that. Yes, I would say it is a bit. The Russian men's epi team has, yeah, been as a, as kind of underperforming, I would say. Yeah, yeah as, a, as individuals are good, but it's one of those teams that doesn't quite fire uh, altogether. Whereas you know, we know that Switzerland are just absolute machines in the, in the team event. They all come together. They're not as highly ranked maybe as the Russians, but they come together as a team. They're really great. So maybe, yeah, I would have said going in, I would have edged it for Switzerland, but obviously not today. Um, so anyway, Russia took that one 33 to 29. Uh, our first semi-final, obviously, there's it's China versus Ukraine. Uh, it's a good one here with Ukraine taking this one uh, 39 to 36. Uh, and the second one is Italy versus Russia. Uh, I confess I haven't watched this. I have no idea what was going on there. But Italy just edging out 33-32 suggests it was pretty close all the way through. Now, I didn't watch that. Yeah, I think I was watching the the other semi final, but mm. uh, there was a big a big delay at the start of that. I'm not sure what had happened, but Bida was injured, and I think uh. eventually had to be subbed off. They sort of briefly briefly switched to him, uh, basically lying at the end of the piece, kind of. Well, he was clutching his head. To be honest, I don't know what had happened. Whether there'd been some sort of collision or or he'd fallen over or or what, but uh, <laughs> he's a, he's it, it didn't though. look good. Hmm? <laughs> if there's anyone who can take a knock, it's Bida. He's it's a big laugh. Yeah, exactly. So it must have been whatever it was. It sounded like it must have been a really solid shot, and he, I don't think he reappeared uh, later on in in the competition without sort of spoiling where where that was. Um, yeah, I think that was him done for the day. Uh, if that's the case, then I, might, I really must go back and watch it because um, uh, you know Italy were edging out that close thirty three thirty two. It sounds like without yeah. a bit of it, really... it meant that um, Kudos had to had to finish the match rather than. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than Bida, yeah, um, that, that didn't didn't go particularly particularly well for him, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't look really really quite equipped to to be the last man trying to bring back a deficit. So. Yeah, not not if not if their main man is Bida for that. So anyway, our, let's move to our final because this is the one we really want to talk about. I'll tell. Let's go. For, we we we'll do the score first, and we talk through it. What do you think, Sean? Well, give us a very brief summary of the first eight fights. The first We've eight fights. Thirty in- seconds. Italy looked incredibly ordinary against Ukraine. There you they go. <laughs> Ukraine were absolutely on top of the game 
all the way through that match. The first day, Italy looked incredibly ordinary. I would have said even that Garozzo was a liability. He was not able to score points at all. Santarelli tried a little bit, but was not making any headway at all. And Fakera did try to go mad a couple of times, but because you know what Fakera's like, if he goes mad, he goes mad. Um, he tried to go mad and it just didn't work. And so... Yeah, he did get properly wound up by uh, Benekishin as well. I think it was in the sixth leg, which was, well, the neutral observer, quite quite funny. I, the leg ended with... Um, daggers, I think is the word. Go for daggers. <laughs> well, ended with ended with a red card. Uh, That's right. on a On a video review that uh, Fakera had called, which resulted in him getting a red card. Yeah. Ooh, ouch! So that's yeah, that's that's not a good one. That's, that's the worst kind of outcome so, in a team event. <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. was clearly absolutely livid at the end of that, yeah. at the end of that fight, and uh, uh, Ukraine were a long way ahead at that stage. Yeah, and then Kuomo brought on, and I don't know why he didn't just do this straight away, uh, but he brought on Kamini to steady the ship in the eighth leg. Yeah, and that's what Kamini did. He came to in. Garozzo. Yeah, Gorozzo, absolute liability through the rest of the match. Kumo must have just thought, I'm not having any more of that. Yeah, I mean, nor- normally if you're if you're leading the match uh, and it's quite tight, is just the man for the job. Yep. You know, if you're if you're in control of things, he, he's usually great for that. Yeah. But they were a long way down and they needed something to happen. Yeah. And I think Kimini pulled back one point, if I remember correctly. It was 2-1 or something like that to him. Yeah, at, at best. It didn't, didn't really work. Yeah. But, uh, but what he did do so, is he steadied the ship, I think. I think that's really what, what he did. He steadied it. Everything calmed it all down, basically. Uh, and then we had this final, uh, final and it was Fakera versus... Uh, it was Riesland, wasn't it? In the, no, it was it was Harry. It was Harry in the final. Harry, yeah. It was Harry in the and final. And again, Harry is normally... You know, cool, calm, and collected. The sort of experienced, steady yep. fencer that I was, I was talking about in the in the women's. Yep. You know, he goes in defending uh, what was an eight hit lead. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a lot. I know we yeah. st- talked the other week about uh, Max Hartung's you know horrible loss in a team match against France, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was a twelve hit. Yeah, that was that was a nasty one. Yeah. That he managed to to chuck away, but getting rid of a an eight hit lead. Uh, at Epi, I think is actually probably even worse. I think you might be right there. Uh, and not, not only not only is it worse, but your team has looked great all the way through that match. Literally great. <laughs> yeah. You come on, yeah. you come on, thinking you've just got to hold on now because he he basically he's thinking I just got I've just got to hold on for three minutes and it's all good. And yeah. we've got Fakera, who's obviously been you know he came off livid in the previous leg. He's all fired up, thinking it's time to make it's time to make some uh, make some difference, and that's exactly what justice. <laughs> justice. Justice. Yeah. yeah, he he dished yes, it out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know how we describe this, but basically he just tore Harry to bits. Actually, I was I, I joined in on the Google chat on this one, and I, I like a couple of us were saying the same thing, which I think the team order it wouldn't have made any difference earlier, and like this is all with hindsight, it wouldn't have made any difference to the score up to that point. But I think in this situation, I would have preferred to have Nikishin holding on at the end because I think Nikishin would have been better at controlling the craziness that is Fakera. Um, mm. I think I quipped to you as well about Fakera's fencing in this one where it was uh, it's somewhere between ugly fencing and heart attack inducing. Because honestly, by the end of this, I honestly felt that my heart was going to just explode out of my chest. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. believe what I was seeing in front of this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a bit harsh to call it ugly, but it's um, 
I mean, it's, it's short and beautiful, perhats that's short that's beautiful. fair. But certainly yeah. heart attack inducing is absolutely right. Uh, I mean, there's always a hint of that with Fakir. He fences at such a short distance and is totally nerve-jangling to watch him. It's, well, yeah, it's like, and, and in this situation, it's kind of doubly so because he's got so little time to score uh, to make up such a large number of hits. He's, he's got to kind of gamble even bigger than usual. But it, it did look totally, to be fair, totally controlled. He knew exactly what he was pushing Harry to, to do and what he was going to do when he got, right. the, got the reaction that he wanted. Well, well Harry's he did mistake. It again and again and again. Yeah, I mean, Harry's mistake, and this is utterly the, the wrong mistake, the wrong thing to do against someone like Fakira is he just kept giving ground. And, and obviously, he's thinking, I just play for time. Three minutes is fine. And he just kept giving ground. But all he was doing was giving Fakira room to build momentum. And with somebody like Fakira, you don't want him to have momentum. You're going to have to disrupt him because. He's in your face. He's going to try and score at the the strangest moment. You know, he's going to get really close. He's going to try and hit you. And uh, I think really tactical, I think Harry's tactical choice was way off. Anyway, it goes right down to the wire. Um, Fakere pulls it right the way back. I can't remember how many seconds there were on the clock. He pulls it back. Uh, there was, he levels it with about six seconds left. Six seconds left. There was, a, there was a bit of time left, yeah. Yeah, Fakere scores the 44th hit. To put, because everyone expects at that point for you to back off and go for the final minute. That's sort of the traditional kind of epi way of doing things. But you've got Fakera who's just here doing his crazy stuff. He just gambles big. He, honestly, he just gambles big. He just goes for it. Six seconds on the clock. I'm just going to hit Harry, and that's exactly what he does. And it was only like point six by that by the time that happened on the clock. So it's all over for the Ukrainians with that last hit. But it's an absolute cracker of a of a final leg and. Yeah, I had to sort of, I had to go away and have a, a stiff brandy after that. Something to, <laughs> something to steady myself. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was an, uh, an amazing match. I mean, as I say, to some degree, you could you could probably uh, skip through the first eight legs and not feel you've, you've missed out terribly, but... Um, you've got to watch that. the last three, because you've got to see that red card. Then you've got yeah, to watch Community true. Steady yeah. the Ship, because then everything feels kind yeah. of passive and calm. It might and actually not really be the last, yeah. Yeah. And might, it might be the last gun. four because I think, I think it might have been the sixth leg where um, Nikishin winds up uh, Fakera to the point where oh, yeah, Fakera loses be, yeah. his rag and gets yeah. himself red carded. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, maybe find find that leg and then skip to the final one. Quick look at the score, in you go. <laughs> yeah, a few minutes of absolute madness. Yeah, <laughs> crazy stuff. Doesn't often happen in Epi, but it's brilliant when it does. Did you <laughs> watch this, Kate? Because this is this no, is what you should, this should I, watch. This. I saw I saw the last. The last fight is in like those last couple of hits that he got mm-hmm. in the like 0. 0.6 of a second ones. Cause, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I might go back and watch it, but I am a bit of an epi, epiphobic, so I'll three, try. Three minutes. Treat it as a kind of aversion therapy. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> it's more like, it, it's more like Sabre, Kate. <laughs> it's just mm. like one big guy running at another big guy. It's that's That's what, that's all it is for three minutes. There's a lot of hits without, scored in a very short period of time. Shouting. Oh, without the shouting. There probably was a bit of shouting, actually, yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure there was um, a lot So, yeah, a, a very, very long weekend, obviously, of, of EP. Uh, a but a really, <laughs> a really good finish to it. A week. A, week. <laughs> a long week, yeah. A month, uh, it's a bit like, anyway. So we probably should talk about, well, really what all these these events are about, about who gets to go to the Olympics. Because yeah. uh, that was all, all sorted out come Tuesday evening. And... Yeah, a few interesting bits in there. Have you got the full list, Gav? 
the full list no, of... No, of course the, you don't. I do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> don't you, worry, you, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I said at the start of this that I'd completely uh, messed up the paperwork, so we may as well just go for it. Okay, right. I'll, I'll just ramble on. Uh, I'll try and keep it short, though, because uh, as we said, there is another podcast that deals very specifically with this sort of thing. Bad weekends for a few people, first of all. Mainly if you're an Egyptian APS, you came into the weekend with both the men's and women's teams in the top 16 in the leading African nation. At that point, you're looking at uh, six fencers fencing in the individual and both teams. Uh, By the end of the first day... Oh, no, actually, sorry. By the end of the second day, I think, because of the yeah team thing being split over two days, both the Egyptian teams had made it through to the last 16, but combination of other people's results meant that they finished both finished outside the top 16 yeah. so do not get to go to Tokyo and none of the Egyptian individuals are the top ranked African fencer either so you've gone from having six fencers and two reserves going to Tokyo to having nobody going right. from Egypt which is pretty harsh on yeah. them uh, so women's epi top four teams China Poland Russia and Korea uh, the Pan Am spot is taken by USA, who uh, had been in the top four but dropped out. So that's bad news for Canada, mm-hmm. yeah. which meant you know again Canada had been in a qualifying position in the uh, in the Pan Am spot for virtually the entire Olympic qualification. Well, yeah, the entire Olympic qualification uh, until right at the very death. So no Canadians. European spot taken by Italy. Asia, well. Hong Kong are, are the, the ones that benefit really from Egypt not making the top 16 mm-hmm. and USA dropping out of the top uh, top four and, and Korea jumping up into the top four means that uh, Hong Kong at 15th in the world rankings uh, qualify and that frees up a, a sort of bonus place if you like which was taken by Estonia as the leading team not qualified. Which is mad if you think about top it. Top four or so. Yeah. You think about the team events in Kazan and the results, you think and it's Estonia that sort of benefit from all this kind of craziness. It's also weird yeah. that Hong Kong get to go in France, don't I just find that totally strange. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Dave published the sort of final who qualifies and which teams are going and so on, uh, the women's EPI was the one that attracted a bit of comment from John Sarfield, British sabre coach. I mean, I don't know what he was doing looking at you know, <laughs> epi results, but yeah, he must have had time in his hands or something. And he pointed out that out of the top 25 in the women's epi rankings, nine of them are not currently qualified defence in Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, that was no. So I take that back. That was in the mains. But something not far off, I think it was about six or six or seven, actually, of the top 25 in the women's not going and I think conceivably only one of those are going to be able to qualify through the through the zonal qualifiers I mean they've they so anyway. my opinion on this I, I think that the I still think that the qualification is just so complex um I mean it's great for people who love who love spreadsheets for example and it's great great for, <laughs> great for the great for the nerds amongst us I mean I'm a nerd but I'm not that much of a nerd uh, yeah there's a limit isn't there yeah it does have its limits I, I need I, I just think this needs to be simplified down but anyway, there's a whole podcast about that and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, and qualifying as individuals uh, from Europe, Anna, Anna Maria Popescu of Romania, yeah. Caroline Vitalis of France. Asian places are taken by Nozomi Sato of Japan and Malika Kakamova of Uzbekistan. The one pan spot is held by uh, Natalie Molhausen of Brazil and mm-hmm. the African spot is by Zara Bezbez of Tunisia. So that's the women's Sorted men's teams, top four, France, Italy, Ukraine and Switzerland, Asian spots taken by Korea, Europe spots taken by Russia, 
Pan Am's taken by the USA. And again, because uh, Egyptian, uh, the Egyptians didn't finish in the top 16, that bonus spot is taken by China. Yeah. So no Japanese team, much to your disappointment. Well, you say that, but I think that the Japanese get host places. You'll see the Japanese They do have eight, eight host places. Uh, Yamada qualifies as the, the leading Asian fencer as an individual. Mm-hmm. And they've got, I think, their fourth, fourth highest ranked Japanese fencer, is Kano at 21st. Yep. So they've got Minobi at something like 10. Yep. Who's the other one that's in th- third? Anyway, it's an incredibly strong team. I'd be really surprised if Japan don't use some of their, their host nation I, places to, to put in a team. Because the, the men's epi team have a, a reasonably good chance of getting a medal. And so yeah, exactly. and it's on home yeah. ground. I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to see them. I'm not sure it's about... A, it's a strong ones. set of individuals and they've, they've underperformed as a team, I think it's fair to say. Yes. Well, remember, remember what happened to them in Budapest. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. Catastrophic yeah. out in the last 32 against... Israel. Was, was that against Israel? It's yeah, Israel. exactly. On oh, a bit harsh technicality. Te- technicality <laughs> but yeah, it, it cost them pretty horribly. And that's kind of that's kind of blighted their attempt to qualify ever since, really. Wait a second, Sean. I'm just going to inform Kate of something. Kate, the best way to win an epi is, is not by fencing. The best way to win the best way to win an epi is to screw your opponent over a technicality. It is by far the most satisfying way to win. No, I saw I remember I remember the the Budapest one. I think you you did explain it and I went, Hi? Exactly. No. Yeah. And then the whole time yeah. I was fist pumping going, Oh, so beautiful. Oh <laughs> Sorry, anyway. I was half expecting someone to come out with like a scroll or something to explain why they'd won it. We do yes, all have beards. Sort of, they un- unfurl it and <laughs> I hereby declare that uh, Israel are the winners due to some weird bit of understanding of the rules that nobody had really, really thought about. Yeah, so anyway, that, that kind of messed up Japan's qualification. And as I say, I suspect there probably will be a, a Japanese team when it comes to the Olympics. But no Hungarian team. No. So, uh, yeah, we only have Ciclosi, uh claiming one of the European spots. Uh, Basford Island of the Netherlands uh, taking the other one. Uh, Yamada and Kurbanov of Kazakhstan taking the Russian, uh, the uh, Asian places. Mm-hmm. Hussam El Kord of Morocco for Africa, and uh, 2012 Olympic champion Ruben Lamar de Gascon for Venezuela, claiming the Pan American one. Yeah. So yeah, the observation that yeah nine of the top 25 are not qualified means that uh, the European zonal qualifiers is going to be. An absolute bloodbath. There's uh, a ton of amazing fencers that will be in there trying to get the one remaining spot in Tokyo. It'll be chaos. With or without spreadsheets? No spreadsheets. <laughs> you send you send 30 FPS into a hall, one emerges through the... Hunger Games pile style. Of, pile, pile of dead bodies yeah. uh, <laughs> in his wake to claim his spot in the Olympics. That's, right. That's how it works. Go. That's that's uh, zonal qualifying for you. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, that's where we got to our mammoth epi update <laughs> completed. <satisfying>. Huzzah! <laughs> so uh, yeah, latest news from the Budapest fencing COVID outbreak. Up over forty cases, I believe, yeah. spread around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty. Pretty ugly stuff, really. I mentioned this on the on the Zoom chat thing at the weekend that if there's about eight hundred people involved in a competition and you got forty cases, a sort of fairly standard measure here on how 
how things are going infection-wise is number of cases over seven days, a, a kind of average. And at the kind of height of the second wave here in Edinburgh, things got up to about 150 cases per 100,000. Mm-hmm. That infection rate from people competing in Budapest, that's equivalent to 1,000 per 100,000. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, really bad. And it did look very much like the, the protocols were tightened up quite considerably um, in Kazan. Oh, definitely. I mean, they were wearing masks till they got on the piste. They were only allowed to take them off when they fenced, had to put them back on again. Refs were yep. fully masked up. Then they had the protective gear as well. Yeah, absolutely no shaking hands, no fist bumps, nope, none of nothing, that. None of that. None of that sort of stuff. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what things were like in terms of people uh, doing stuff when they're they're not actually in the venue, what the hotels were like, mm. and you know if anybody decided it would just be much more fun to wander into the middle of Kazan for a few beers. Yep. Um, I don't really know, but uh, yeah. On on sort of first impressions, it looked it looked much more up to the mark this time round, which is a a bit of a relief to be honest. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, if we can't if we can't behave ourselves, you know, we don't we don't get nice things. Yeah, and I think the the, the rules for Tokyo are going to be quite strict about what you what you can and can't do. And so, like, if, I mean, I don't know if I'm going or not, but theoretically, I'm going to go there, and I'm wondering if it's going to be a case of you're told basically that. As a foreigner, you have to stay in your hotel the whole time, which will make it really the, the opposite of fun. It'll be absolutely dreary. <laughs> um, yeah. During the week, the Olympic Games organisers said that there will be no foreign spectators right. at the Olympic Games. Um, I know you seem to think that, that might might affect your your involvement, but I'm not I'm not convinced that's you the case. Need, to be they don't need a hall announcer who's English speaking then. Ah, yeah. but they have a whole load of. Um, International fencers who are used to hearing announcements in in English. Oh, I'm just going to mangle it with a Scottish accent instead. Then, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let them know that, Gav. Don't let them know that. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, they 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 see you as an essential part of their well, uh, we'll see. Uh, their process. So, I'd, yeah, I, I think you're still, I think you're still good to go. Well, let, let's see what happens. I'm I'm not quite as confident. I just do wonder what's going to happen for all all sorts of other things as well, like the press. What. Like what's going to happen there? I mean, if they're not letting foreign spectators in, will it be only be Japanese only press? Uh, I can't imagine that. Yeah, no but, chance. But no it's, chance. it's kind of. But the, I do wonder what that what it all means. I, I do have a suspicion you'll be locked in your hotel room. Right, guys, you've had your fun. Yeah, back into your hotel yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, you're let out into the hall. Do your hall announcing. Yeah, back to the uh, back to the hotel for you. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be a shame. Oh, and the other bit of COVID news, or COVID-related news anyway, is that uh, the SNCF Réseau Men's Epi World Cup in Paris, uh, which was due to happen in May, which we did the commentary for a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, that has been cancelled, which is a pity because that was one of the ones that, when you looked at the calendar, looked like it was fairly uh, set in stone. Yeah, I thought it was going to go ahead as well, but I understand why it's not, not happening. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a, again, it's a shame. But yeah, that's where we are just now. Mm-hmm. So things we've got to look forward to, well, particularly for me. Sean, <laughs> Sean. We've got some foil. Yeah, it'll be the Sean Walton show next time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Doha Grand Prix coming up at the weekend. Really looking forward to that. And I, uh, Just as an, on that note, I have the whole weekend off. I've had to use up my holidays. So f- we, oddly, I didn't have any time last week to watch the actual real weapon. But I'm going to have all the time to watch all the foil that I might want to watch this weekend. <laughs> yeah, 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 but Gav, I mean, how much, how many holidays did you have left that you had to use up? I mean, would you have had enough to cover all of Kazan Epi? I did, the math, I did the math today. Yes, I did. 
So just next week I'm only in the office for one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well you can you can use it to do your your foil revision before the weekend. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff. So uh, I think that just about wraps things up. Um, Kate, tell us about all the stuff that uh, all the social media that we're on that people can follow us on. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. You can you can't follow us in the street. Um, no, don't do that. No. Or at least if you're going to do it at a, a safe it, distance, yeah, a minimum of two meters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we'll not be able to punch you when we see you doing it. That's so true. You could hit them with a very big stick, right. though. Yeah, one that's two meters long. Yeah. So on Twitter, we're all on Instagram at the Fencing Podcast. On Facebook as well, the Fencing Podcast. I don't know. Are there, are there other are there other social medias? Um, <laughs> the, Probably the, kid, the kids will see that there are, but for me, you know, that's that's plenty. We're not on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wearing a ridiculous outfit or putting a pineapple up my nose or whatever it is. The kids are doing on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've said it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to encourage. Well, we're going to force you, in fact, to do all of those things yeah. and probably worse. <laughs> Yeah, and and we do have a website as well, which exactly. is uh, thefencingpodcast.com. Well, we'll see you again soon. Check out some of our social media stuff. Follow Make us, sure you watch like all, the, all the Doha foil stuff because that's going to be immense. And it's only two days as well, or is it one? Mm, three no... days. It's a Grand, Grand Prix. Uh, well, there's no team event, though. No, that's right, yeah. So... But it's foil, so I might drag it out a bit. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Sabre Grand Prix are the same. Well, I've not been to well, one yet, so... Yeah. release and pools for, uh, yeah. I think it's the women on the Friday, prelim- uh, preliminaries and uh, pools and preliminary Ds for the men on the Saturday, last 64 for men's and women's all the way through to a win on the Sunday. Feels so like nothing compared to Kazan, though. No. That's because no, people want be, to fence FA. It'll be over in the blink of an eye. Mm. But it'll all be great. Short so and I look sweet. forward to that. Yeah. 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 So, so I look forward very much to talking about that at enormous length next week. Until then, uh, take care and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. See you soon.